ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show and Podcast. My name is Craig Cobb, and I have the pleasure of speaking with a man who has a different take on the exchange platform that we're used to, and I look forward to bringing that to you through the CEO of a company called CoinFlex, Mr. Mark Lamb. Thank you very much for being on the show. It's absolutely great to be on the show. Yeah, great to be here. Good stuff. Well, look, as, as I often do, mate, uh, first things first, I would like you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who Mark Lamb is and where you've been, what you've done, and why you started CoinFlex. Yeah, absolutely. So I got into um, I got into Bitcoin in 2012, back when uh, Bitcoin was uh, single digits. Um, I uh, yeah, I I uh, basically started looking at it because I was creating a virtual currency startup at the time uh, that was sort of around loyalty points, and I was also uh, exploring cryptography and and economics and looking at the the monetary system, and I found Bitcoin, and it just seemed like the natural um, sort of this incredibly elegant and beautiful designed solution to a number of societal problems. And so got involved, um, started buying a little bit and then kind of went all, all in and uh, started market making it in the UK and then created uh, CoinFloor, which was the first UK Bitcoin exchange. And um, a few years ago, we, we realized that derivatives were going to take over the world. And so we, we started working on a physically delivered futures exchange. Um, and that became CoinFlorex, which, which became CoinFlex. So we moved out to Hong Kong and basically the rest is history. Wow. And you said 2012, so you were buying Bitcoin in single digits. Yeah, yeah. And did you keep it? Like obviously Mt. Gox hacks, all the stuff that happened back through that period. I mean, for you, I guess it's a bit of a different take because you were studying a lot of different things in that, like the cryptography, the, the financial system, that sort of thing, digital currency and all that. What, what you know, you had a different take on it. It wasn't just like, a, oh, I'm buying it because I'm on Silk Road or something like that, which a lot of people, that was their first introduction. I got no qualms about saying that, <laughs> uh, you know. So you held it or you did you get attacked? Yeah, when, when, I, when I got into Bitcoin, I thought this was probably going to be worth $3 million per coin one day. Um, I think now the monetary supply is increased, so I'm 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 a bit more bullish than that. Um, but but I would I kept most of what I purchased. Um, I'm still very long, and uh, I spent you know I spent some of those Bitcoin on on starting the exchange um, and and kind of investing in the in the ecosystem. But uh, but yeah, you know Mount Gox was a really real blow. But for anyone who was um, Sort of deeply involved. I think it was uh, it was pretty in, in, pretty obvious what was going to happen, and so I, I had no exposure to Mount Gox uh, at the time of the crash. Well done to you. So Coinflex, let's discuss that. Obviously, you've been around the market for a long time, and for, for reasons, as I say, um, more intellectual reasons, perhaps we could call it, uh, than just happening to happening to stumble across. Bitcoin or for you know other nefarious reasons that you are you know became a part of the ecosystem and got involved. How long has CoinFlex been around for you? you caught, it was CoinFX or you mentioned it a moment ago. What what year did you start this business? So so we launched as CoinFlex in, in 2019. So so yeah, it's it's been around since uh, January 2019. Um, yeah, as previous uh, previously we we sort of spun out of CoinFlora as CoinFlorex, but uh, separated from CoinFloor entirely, 
and uh, launched anew as CoinFlex in 2019. Okay, so it's been around for a good number of years now. I mean, look, it's two years, but let's be realistic. In this space, two years is actually quite a long time. You know, 2019, you, uh, you had to hang on through what was a little bit of a messy year. Obviously, the back end of 2020 really was when the action started, and uh, I suspect that your business may have grown. So we know that there's lots of exchanges out there. They are a dime a dozen, Mark. Why does the world need another bloody exchange? What is happening here? I know they're lucrative. Don't get me wrong. I know they're a good business model if you can get enough clients and enough volume and blah, blah, blah. But for you, somebody who's been in Bitcoin for that long and sees, you know, obviously you've seen massive rise in the value of Bitcoin and, of course, therefore, your bottom line, your wealth. Um, what, what what drove you to, to, to start CoinFlex and to go the direction you're going? And what is that direction? What makes it different to the other exchanges that are out there? Yeah, I mean, the world doesn't need that many exchanges. You know, the, the network effects of liquidity, begetting liquidity, are really enormous. So really, if you're not, um, if you're not a top exchange, there's almost no point. Um, and if you don't have a solid plan to, to get there, there's definitely no point. So, um, so I do very much agree with, with that statement. The world doesn't need more exchanges. Um, but what I would say is most of the exchanges today are very focused on traders. Um, and, and although traders are um, the best customers for exchanges because they, they pay daily fees, you know, they're, they're in the market every day, day in, day out, um, the majority of the world are actually... Um, you know, they're either not traders or if they do trade, it's, it's a very uh, passive style of trading or a passive part of their time. And so what I would say is um, for, for that part of the world, I think they're relatively underserved in the exchange space. Um, there are some products in crypto that are built towards the passive investor or the passive trader, um, but there's, there's not loads of them. And, and most of the products that do exist are not very transparent. They don't give the bulk of the economics to the user. They, you know, they end up taking a fat margin for themselves. And, you know, it's not really clear <clears throat> what's actually going on in, in the back end. So um, we're, we view ourselves as the home of crypto yields. And that's because we have a number of uh, two main yield products, but a very flexible set of yield products that allow people to earn money from the activities that are happening within the exchange ecosystem we've created, um, providing liquidity effectively um, without having to do much effort or manage uh, their activities very much. So, so they can very passively um, earn this yield. And, and the two that, that are the main products around this are the FlexUSD product, and that's a stable coin that pays interest every eight hours. Right now it's paying around 20% annualized. Um, and it's grown from 100 million to 300 million in the last month. And the other product is the, the automated market maker. And that effectively allows any, any individual to compete head to head with the biggest prop trading firms in crypto and the biggest hedge funds in, in the traditional markets and provide liquidity in, in these futures markets. And so that's, um, that's something retail and, and casual and passive investors have never really been able to do before. And our automated market maker allows allows people to do that with, with just a few clicks. So. so you're sort of going full circle, I suppose, back to, I mean, look, Bitcoin, sorry, not Bitcoin, exchanges sort of went spot, spot, spot. It was all about spot. Yep. Then sort of, you know, BitMEX was probably one of the ones that really came onto the map. 
with Bitfinex as well. Then that yeah. sort of skewed off because the, the products were terrible. Uh, it skewed off and we went to, oh, I went to FTX because FTX had a great platform there that facilitated the needs for a trader like myself. Um, yep. And there are plenty of those available out there. Bybit's another one. There's, I mean, look, you know, there's so many future yeah. platforms and perpetual trading platforms Absolutely. and products that it's, it's, there are lots of them. But what you've effectively done is, yes, you've got the futures element. Uh, you've got the perpetual contracts there as well. But it sounds to me like you're going back to the beginning days, but offering a different product in terms of we're going back to the hodlers, back to the people that buy and hold, yeah. do their research, and might only trade 10, 15 times, 20 times a year. But what you're doing is you're offering them uh, a very good yield-based product through uh, the Flex USD. Is that is that step one? Yeah, absolutely. And and um, I think it's worth just explaining what the FlexUSD does. So um, perpetual futures, and probably a lot of your audience will be very familiar with this concept, perpetual futures have what's called a funding rate attached to them. And so they basically, um, they have this funding rate, it's a floating rate, uh, it changes in some cases every hour on CoinFlex and in, on some exchanges every eight hours. And um, sometimes these rates, I don't know if people you know, sometimes people don't pay attention to them, but sometimes these rates are quite high. So, so they often do go to 50% annualized or even hundred percent annualized. Um, and, and that's really expensive if you're a trader, because um, let's say the rate is hundred percent annualized. You basically have to, if you're, you know, most traders, you know, in crypto tend to be long more than short. And so you have to basically outperform a 100% annualized benchmark just to break even. Um, so, you know, I, I like to think, you know, there's a lot of good traders in crypto. Uh, if if your hurdle rate just to break even is 100% annualized, you know, the the game is just stacked against you. Yeah. And 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 that's and that's horrible. And it's and they're not always 100%, but they're often very high. And, it, and you know, if it's 40 or 50 or 100, uh, point is, it's it's a it, it's an extremely aggressive rate. And um and and that's the case, especially especially when the market heats up, when traders are most most interested. And, and this is because these futures exchanges, um, FTX, Binance, um, many of these futures exchanges are all cash settled perpetual futures that have no real um, easy way to deploy dollars into uh, calming this funding rate and earning this funding rate. And so if you want to earn the funding rate, you have to basically be a hedge fund uh, or an algo trading firm that can buy spot and sell futures a tiny amount at a time in huge size, um, paying fees each time, you know, even for these hedge funds and algo traders, it's very expensive to do this trade. So they don't do it enough. And that's why the rates are so high. And so on CoinFlex, um, we have this easy mechanism. It's a, it's a one-click trade. It's called repo. No, no one on CoinFlex has to understand it. They just benefit from it behind the scenes. But this repo trade effectively puts you into this long spot, short futures trade in one click, in one go with no fees. And, um, it's a really cool mechanism because if you're if you are looking to capture this funding and be on the earning side of it, you can just do that in one click. And what we just what we realized is, you know, people don't want even to trade repo. They don't want to do that to earn the funding. They just want to mint a stablecoin. So we we made the the interest collection process even easier, and we said, oh. Here's a one-to-one dollar-based stablecoin, um, and you can just earn the funding rate that way. And it's going to be, you know, we're going to we're going to deploy all the dollars backing this stablecoin into repo, um, you know, based on a you know a supply interest rate curve, 
And, and whatever, whatever money is earned in that pool of dollars, we're going to give 90% of that to the users. So unlike Tether and USDC and many other stablecoins, where the, the companies that issue those stablecoins, they keep all the interest. Tether keeps all the interest for the dollars that they lend out. Um, FlexUSD is great because it gives 90% of that interest back to the user. So it's a really cool product. Um, and the, and the best thing about it is it's great if you're a trader on the exchange, even if you don't use FlexUSD, because you know that there's a, there's a huge wall of dollars. Now it's uh, almost $350 million, um, that is, that is basically earning that interest and thus keeping the interest rates low and stable for you, lower and more stable than, than they would be on, uh, on FTX and Binance and many of these other exchanges. So it's, it's really good for the end users even who don't use FlexUSD, but obviously it's an amazing deal for the FlexUSD users as well, because they're getting these kind of 10, 20 uh, plus percent rates on, on their dollars and, and they're doing it with no effort. And is that, so when you say it's under, like, so as a stable coin, obviously the whole Tether saga continues about being, you know, underpinned by one to one dollar per USDT. Now, I suppose when it comes to FlexUSD, with it being a stable coin, it's got to be one flex USD underpinned by one USDC. Is that right? Yeah. So it's underpinned by one USDC or one USDC worth of repo positions in CoinFlex. So, so, you know, the money is not always sitting in USDC. If it was sitting in USDC, we wouldn't be able to pay users interest sure. on it. Um, but, but it is always backed by $1 worth of collateral. So it's always fully collateralized by you know, if there's if there's a dollar worth of FlexUSD, it's fully collateralized by a dollar worth of collateral. Wow. Now, when it comes to because look, the, the whole yield uh, conversation has become much more prominent over the last sort yeah. of eight, even like eight nine months. It's probably become more prominent, and it tends to come become more prominent when we see interest rates so low. They've been low for quite some time. Uh, bonds have only just started to pay something of a yield, but they're still micro, right? Still so yeah. small. And the third factor of that is typically after a big run up, which we of course saw running into the early stage or late last year into the early stages of this year, sort of fizzling out around April, May-ish. Um, for those like people like me that do take profits back into stable coins and do understand how, how the market works and make their decisions based on taking profit, not just buying, um, yeah. then it, it opens a conversation for us to start to put that hat on and go, geez, we've got a fair bit of money sitting over there in stable coins, not doing a great deal. What can yeah. I do that's relatively safe with that money? Now, yeah. the biggest concern that I have had, and I'm not sure if you're going to be able to help with this or not, is that I look at my stable coins sitting on my treasure wallet. Right. And I go, oh, I can put them over here in Celsius or put them over here in crypto.com or put them over here. There's a myriad of different products. But my concern has always been that, you know, if I put that much over there and I make X amount per annum, that's great. But to make that much per annum with the risk being that high, to me, that's a bad trade. It's like the, the, the risk is that the, the collateral that I've put forth is gone. And I've yeah. you know, maybe had a year totally. of getting, yay, I've got a little bit here, which is still held back on the same platform. So that's gone too. So how are you able to eliminate that risk? Because that's the biggest concern that I have. Well, the biggest thing with all of these other platforms is they are not transparent about where the yield comes from. So um, if you look at any of the platforms you mentioned or any of the other platforms, 
I think it's pretty much universally the case that, uh, they don't say, um, you know, they have, they'll, they'll make vague statements about, you know, it's, it's crypto collateralized borrowing and, and it usually is crypto collateralized borrowing. But the point is they're not putting out numbers about, um, what's actually going on, in, you know, behind the scenes. And the cool thing about CoinFlex's product is it's actually open source. So, uh, the code that deploys, um, you know, th these dollars into our repo market is open source. Uh, the, you know, you can see the balances of the FlexUSD account. You can see the trades of the FlexUSD account. It's all online. Um, you can see all the different interest rates. They're all public. And you can also see the interest rates compared to our PERP funding rates, which are public as well. And so um, unlike these sources, at the end of the day, I'll let you, I'll let your audience in on a little secret. These guys, all these other platforms are lending to people that are lending into the futures market. So the yield in crypto is coming from either two places. It's coming from either DeFi yields or the futures market. And the biggest, the biggest one of that is, is the futures market in terms of open interest. So, so let's just focus on that one. That yield is basically means that if, if you're lending to a platform that is not a futures exchange, that's then lending on to trading firms that are then deploying it into the futures market, you're back to the straight, you know, the same old banking system we, we, we're trying to leave. You're paying a bunch of middlemen, a bunch of fees yeah. to do a bunch of automated things when instead you could just be minting flex USD. Yeah, we'll take a 10% cut, but everything is transparent. If the futures rates spike up to some really high rate, you're getting that entire rate. So it's just a much better deal for users when there's fewer middlemen, there's fewer manual operations, it's all it's all automated and it's all transparent on on the same platform that the yield is actually coming from. We have an incentive to not make a lot of money on FlexUSD because in part FlexUSD is subsidizing cheaper perp rates for our futures traders. So we don't care about making all of our profits from the the interest rate spread on FlexUSD. We don't need to we make money when people trade futures as well and when they use the AMM. So um, that's in part why FlexUSD is such a good deal for users is because really it's all transparent and, and we're trying to build a whole ecosystem here. And, but can, can I, is it sitting on your platform or is it sitting in my Trezor yeah. or Nano or whatever? Legend. Yeah, so that's the, that's the cool thing about it. The collateral is all sitting on our platform and it's all one-to-one -one collateralized on our platform, but you can take the FlexUSD out and put it on your Trezor, your Ledger. You can put it anywhere you want and you'll still earn that yield. So unlike with protocols where you're staking something and you're locking it, you can't use it for trading or for collateral or, or to pay people or something like that, you can use FlexUSD on a Trezor and earn interest. You can use it on CoinFlex as collateral to trade futures and earn interest while you trade the futures. So you can do a whole bunch of things and you know I think more over time, but you can do things with your FlexUSD or you can keep it in cold storage and still earn interest while it's in that cold storage or while you're trading those futures contracts. And that would then be paid back paid back to the user in FlexUSD? Yeah, it's it's the interest is paid in FlexUSD, so it's auto compounding. And you can unlock over what period of time? It's usually like seven days or two weeks for that sort of stuff. What, what is it with you guys? So there's an instant option that usually costs less than five basis points. And then otherwise it's uh, eight hours if you want to get it for free. Oh, wow. So, so within 24 really hours, you can, you can withdraw back 
And would that mean that your yeah. flex USD is then converted back to USDC or it does? Precisely. One to one. Back to your Trezor or whatever. Yeah. And you're Exactly. Out. Yeah. With your, yeah. so if I, if I said put a hundred thousand flex USD in and ran that for six months and let's say that, you know, I made 10,000 USD, the 10,000, would that yeah. be sitting on the coin flex account or would that be sitting on my, in my wallet, in the contract with the wallet? Sorry in the wallet That'd on be, that contract. Yeah, that's that that interest is earned directly to your wallet. So it's not sitting in your CoinFlex account. In fact, what this allows is people who don't even have CoinFlex accounts can use FlexUSD and earn interest. And we've seen an uptick in that happening as well in some DeFi applications where people who don't even have FlexUSD are earning interest on their funds. Uh, sorry, people who don't even have CoinFlex accounts are earning interest on their funds on, on, uh, on DeFi and on ledgers and stuff. Wow. So, okay, let me just uh, bullet point this because it's quite, it's very interesting. I can get yield uh, from FlexUSD, whether it be through CoinFlex or through whatever, but CoinFlex seems like the easiest, the easier way. It can sit on my cold storage. I will be paid in that Flex USD. I can unlock it instantly for five basis points or wait eight hours for free. And even when it's sitting on my wallet, I can still trade futures and whatnot on CoinFlex. Everything is exactly correct, other than uh, in order to trade the futures on CoinFlex, you do need to deposit the Flex USD into CoinFlex. But everything else you said is spot on, mate. Right, right. Because that's that's kind of. I mean, look, I've got to be honest, I'm not looking at exchanges every day. I've got what I've got. Uh, but that, that feels pretty empowering to the per, to, to the users, really, because you, you can yeah. they can get yield. I mean, look, if, if so they can have, again, I, I know I'm repeating myself because I'm, I'm genuinely interested. So if I put 100 grand and I go, right, I, I find a trade on Bitcoin perpetual, I'm like, yeah, I want to get long on that. Do I just then go whack, send 30 grand, say, over to fund the CoinFlex account so I can take the position size that I deem necessary yeah. on the perpetual contract and it happens pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. And and you can fund in FlexUSD, you buy the contracts, you sell the contracts, you're back in FlexUSD, you're earning interest the whole time. Oh, you're earning interest the whole time. Even while you've got the trade on. And that's on your BTC USD perp contract? Any contracts, yeah. Because your perp part is your FlexUSD. Yeah, the, the, the perp is... Uh, BTC USDC contract, but the margin can be flex USD. So we're very flexible on margin. You can post in BTC, you can post in ETH, you can post in USDC, um, but but you can also post in flex USD. And people love posting in flex USD, you know, depositing flex USD and, and trading on futures because yeah, they might be paying a, f- a funding rate on the perp, but, they're, but they're getting an offset. Yeah, they're exactly they're paying yeah. themselves. So it's uh, it's a great feeling. Man, it's a pretty clever system. And, you know, I can understand why you've gone from 100 million in FlexUSD to 350 or thereabouts in the space of the month, because I suppose the more people you're talking to, the more interest you're gathering and gaining, because it's it's like an all-in-one shop, really. I mean, with, with the yeah. additional security yeah. of security, you know, you can have it in your cold yeah. story. So, look, I understand the whole uh, FlexUSD bit, right? I get that. Talk to me more about this AMM. I want to understand that better. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the AMM is really interesting because for for several decades, um, sort of prop trading firms and hedge funds and sort of high finance players have have emerged and and 
built this ecosystem around capturing spreads, uh, spreads between the buy price and the sell price. And they're really, you know, they're trading. They're at the end of the day, they're just they're trading just like anyone else. They're just doing it very, very quickly. Um, and and they're typically arbitraging. So they're typically buying here and selling there, or they're holding a position, but they're holding it for a very short time period. And when you think about these players, they they are financial players just like anyone else. They have a certain amount of money and they have a certain amount of people. Um, I would say the number of people that are doing this is probably um, way below one percent of of Earth. So so it's it's probably even below 0.1 percent of Earth or or 0.01 percent of Earth. So so it's a very small number of people. And when we think about the capital they have. Um, mm. They don't have unlimited money. You know, people think of hedge funds and prop firms as these oh, billion dollars. Yeah, but a billion dollars at the end of the day, how much does do retail investors have? How much does the general public have? Mm. Um, the general public has tens of trillions of dollars, maybe a hundred trillion dollars. So, so I think um, what what we haven't seen yet is general public participation in market making, and it's. It's something that is the next logical step in the evolution of markets, electronic markets, and definitely in the and and definitely it makes sense that crypto leads um, mm. this evolution because because crypto is inventing all the cool stuff in finance. And so w- what we're trying to do is say, hey, if if you've got you know a thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars, and you know you're not looking to hire a team and start a market making firm, but you you are interested in making the high types of yields that market makers often make, you know, a lot of market making firms make 50, 100, 150% APR, you know, they're making really good yields. The problem is it's very expensive to set that up. You know, it takes a lot of people, a lot of time, a lot of money. Um, So what we're trying to do is lower the cost of setting up market making infrastructure. And we basically created an interface where you can take your money, um, you can set some parameters, so you set a, a, a buy-in and a kind of minimum max range. You, you set whether you want to be net long or net short or neutral, kind of long and short. Yep. Um, and, and, and you basically can control, okay, I, I'm happy to be buying, let's say it's Ethereum. I'm happy to be buying Ethereum between 3,000 and 4,000 and above 4,000, I want to be fully out. Or I want to be collateralized in Ethereum, buying more from 3,000 to 4,000, 1x leverage, and at 4,000, I'm out and back into my Ethereum collateral. And so this is really interesting because it allows people to earn on the volatility of these crypto assets. When, when you think about crypto, um, it's all over the place. ETH goes to 4K, then two and a half, then three, then 3,500. And the guy who's just bought it at 3K and he's seen it go from three to four to 2,500 to 3,500 back to three, he's got nothing. Because he's still in, you know, he bought one ETH at 3K, it's done a whole bunch of stuff and he's, and it's back to 3K. Um, so he, he's made no money in terms of return on his dollars. Yeah. Um, he loves ETH, he's <clears throat> passionate about it, but at the end of the day, he's in it to make money. Um, and so the guy who's just holding spot Ethereum, you know, is missing out. And what we're trying to say to that guy is, hey, um, take some of your Ethereum and you can put it into these, these AMM, uh, you know, positions. And in these AMM positions, you're going to be trading around that range. So, so you might have an ETH collateralized AMM where you're going to be buying ETH from 3,000 and selling out of it 4,000. And every every time you buy, you're going to be placing a sell order one tick higher. So maybe 10 cents higher. Every time you sell, you're going to be putting a bid one tick lower. 
And you can control your risk. You can control your price range. You can control whether you want to use leverage or no leverage. And basically, um, it allows you to earn yield on dollars, Ethereum, Bitcoin, any type of crypto asset from the volatility of any of these crypto assets. And so it's a very powerful tool because um, when you think about other exchanges, they, you know, they, all exchanges are competing on liquidity. The most liquid exchange wins. And what we're not trying to, what we're trying not to say to traders is, hey, you know, come to an exchange that might be less liquid than Binance, the number one futures exchange in the world. Um, well, that's a hard sell. You know, if I if I try to say to a trader, come, you know, come over from Binance, you know, it's like, well, Binance is more liquid than you. Why should I go to CoinFlex? But if I say to, if I try to say to a coin holder who's who's got some ETH or some dollars and is looking to earn yield, hey, come to CoinFlex. We've got the the only centralized AMM, the only futures AMM, and it and it's got way more volume, way more APR, way more yield than all the AMMs in DeFi because it's futures, not spot. That's a compelling proposition, and people are getting behind that really actively and really aggressively. And so, um, I think that's what we're starting to see with the AMM product is because futures are such a higher turnover product than mm. spot and and and. At the end of the day, DeFi is spot on a blockchain, so it's yeah. slowed down spot, right? It's a it's much slower spot, and and spot is uncollateralized, uh, uh, fully collateralized, no leverage, right? So I think once you have an AMM in futures, it's a real game changer because the average person, um, the passive investor, the the passive trader, the casual trader, can now trade on the same level of frequency as the biggest hedge funds in the space, and we've got guys who are putting in hundred K and the, their AMMs are trading five, $10 million a day. So it's, you, you know, people are trading, you know, and, and they're not doing anything, you know, they, they don't log in for three days and, you know, the time they've logged in, they've traded $30 million. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's just a really great tool for earning yield on, on your assets without much effort and with complete control and total transparency. And again, with with that AMM, if I'm if I say use uh, you know do it on Bitcoin futures, I say right, I'm going to put in a Bitcoin for example. When you know, obviously, you can manage the risk and you know the upside, the downside, the way it works because it is high frequency and it's, it's after very small BPS each time. But blah, 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 lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of them. Um, Am I going to be paid in BTC or am I going to be paid in Flex USD or am I going to be paid in USDC? How, how does that work? Yeah, so you're paid in a combination of US dollars, USDC, um, and and Flex coins. So Flex coin is the uh, is the exchange coin of CoinFlex. It's yep. the the native token of CoinFlex, and basically um, the interest the, the the yield that someone earns from the AMM is is paid in a combination of trading fee rebates, which which come in, in the form of Flex coin, and those are paid by another trader. So another trader pays four bips or eight bips, and then you're earning as the AMM, you're earning three bips. Um, and then and then also you're earning dollars from the PL on the trade. So if you bought Ethereum at 3,122 yeah. and you, um, you, you sold Ethereum at 3,122 and 20 cents or 30 cents or something, that 30 cents is, uh, is the dollar portion of the, of the PL as well. Okay. And your market cap, I've just had a look at it here. You're sitting at, I mean, based on CoinGecko, 188 million. And, and that, that to me is, it's remarkably low. Um, holy moly. Yeah. 
10th of July. Geez, you've gone bananas. Haven't you? You've gone from what? 23 cents to $2.40. So you've done a 10. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Yeah. Wow. Well, the people certainly are getting involved in that. So, uh, so you've got, you've got, you've just, just blow my mind. So you've got, you've got the exchange there with futures and perpetual contracts because there's two different types, obviously. Uh, you've got the spot exchange there as well. You've got the AMM, which I can put in and earn good yield, uh, good income from essentially without downplaying my account should I manage the risk and, you know, should it all go to plan. Uh, you've also got FlexUSD that I can stake, uh, have it on my own cold storage so I can get yield and keep it safe. Yep. And you've got FlexCoin, which has obviously made you a very wealthy. Well, you, you already bought Bitcoin under in single digits, so safe to say you already were, but it appears that it's doing very, very well. And it's only sort of the rubber seems to have hit the road uh, the second, well, the third and now fourth quarter uh, of this yeah. year, would you say? And is that based around AMM being released? I think the reason for the the rise in flex price, the 10x uh, recently in flex price, um, and also the rise in flex USD issuance as well, uh, is mostly because of the AMM. So the vast majority of that is because of the AMM. And it's worth saying as well, all these products are very intertwined. So um, yeah. The more capital goes into the AMM, because, because some of the AMMs are leveraged, um, the more demand there is for leverage. And that demand for leverage really creates demand for FlexUSD, right? So it creates higher FlexUSD rates. So, so the, more, the more AMMs that, that, that get created, typically the more FlexUSD that gets created. And then the more all of it gets created, the more our revenues go up, the more the fees that get paid every day goes up, and that all drives uh, FlexCoin demand as well. So, so really the, you know, the products on our exchange are heavily, heavily uh, related, and one of them typically triggers the, other, the others to, uh, to grow as well. Right. For those on the podcast, I'm just sort of rubbing my bald head right now, going, yeah, okay, he's ticked most of the boxes there. <laughs> um, I mean, that's it's it really is what, what's your background? How do you how do you do all this stuff? Yeah, so I um I, I like to say I'm kind of a financial engineer. Um, you know, Sudo Sudo is my co-founder and and he comes from sort of the opposite background to mine. So so you know, derivatives trader, uh, sort of new to crypto. When I was a crypto crypto OG guy that was new to derivatives, and um, as much as I hate the term OG, but uh, <laughs> but but the 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 I think the thing that that CoinFlex has an advantage is we have a we have a lot of people um, on our team that are very very focused on creating financially elegant. Um, products that are market-based, free market-based yeah. and, and transparent and, and, and put the users above the company. So really we, we, we always want to put the users first. And, and from my perspective, this is because I, I am that user. I, I, I live in crypto. I don't have uh, assets or money outside of crypto. I, you know, I think about this stuff and live in it 24 seven. So you know, as someone that's that's living in this space, um, it's easier to to come up with things. But also, we've we've been dealing with and and working with and operating with 
some of the smartest minds in the traditional financial space. Um, I worked closely with a lot of the guys at DRW. DRW was a shareholder in my last exchange. DRW is one of the biggest trading firms in the world. So I worked very closely with uh, some of the guys at DRW. One of the former DRW partners, uh, Mike Komaransky, is is a very large CoinFlex investor. Um, so we have a lot of um, and and Sudu also used to work there as well, and and has been you know a partner at a bunch of different hedge funds and and prop firms and and stuff. So we we have a lot of experience from the traditional financial space, including parts of the traditional financial space that like thinking outside the box. Mm. Um, some of these prop firms really like thinking outside the box, and it's important when you know when you're trading at the at the highest levels of finance, you know, to think about outside the box and think about you know, what are the edge cases and how, how does a product work? Not at, not just at the high level, but really at the deep, deep fundamental levels. And so what we are trying to do is um, at the end of the day, I've been in crypto almost 10 years. I'm going to be in crypto for the rest of my life. We're trying to build products that become the final, you know, category defined of the <laughs> space. Don't say final with an S starting after it. <laughs> Fine, final with an S starting after it. Final solution. Don't say that. Oh God! <laughs> I no, thought you were no, going to say no. we want to come up with a final solution. I'm like, no, don't say it. You'll no, lose no, everybody. No. I lost. I just lost everybody. But you get my point. <laughs> well, you know, it's. I, I think you know, kind of. Peter Thiel has this concept of uh, you want to be the you want to be the last mover advantage. You you want the last mover advantage. You don't want first mover advantage. Um, you know, sort of this. This idea of there can be certain markets where a market structure or a product structure or a distribution advantage uh, creates something that that becomes such a powerful network effect that it's very difficult to uh, to compete against it. Yeah. That's really what we're trying to do. You know, FlexUSD is, I think it's an order of magnitude better than Tether. You know, it, it, it's it's uh, I think it's hard to hold tether when you have the option of holding FlexUSD. That's that's my perspective. That's my perspective as a user of both of them. Um, and we want to do that about all of our products. We want our trading experience to be ten times better as well. We want we think our AMM is ten times better than everything in DeFi. Um, and ten times is hard. You know, two X is is uh, is doable. A lot of people have a 1.5 X. They might exaggerate. They call it a two X. That's definitely achievable. There's a lot of ways to get a two X, but um, becoming, you know, an order of magnitude better is, is really, I think a complex process that requires a lot of integration across different, uh, different product sets. It would be, it would be impossible to create this stable coin if we didn't also have a futures exchange. Um, yeah, it would. Yeah. And, and it'd be impossible to create this AMM if we, we didn't also have the futures exchange and the stablecoin, um, I don't think this AMM would work on a Binance that doesn't have an integrated FlexUSD into their per funding markets. Um, so a Binance can't easily create this type of AMM because, because their perp funding rates would go out of control. So I think that's one of the things that's unique about us is because of the complex integration, we have something that it would be difficult for large exchanges to compete against. Yeah, and just coming back just briefly, you said, you know, last user advantage. Um, you know, your first your first mover advantage is people that want to, they've got to time their exit, right? You've got to time yeah. your exit, you make your bazillions, and then on, off to the next thing you go. Last mover advantage is, uh, is somebody who wants to be there, stick around, keep the business. Exactly. 
Uh, yeah. Big, big difference by the motives that drive the force and the products that therefore come out. It can't just be smoke and mirrors and sound good. It's actually got to be good and last the test of time. So, look, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that we, we had a good dig in, uh, Mark, because I've, I've definitely learned a lot. And generally, if I learn a lot, then um, my audience learn a lot with me. I generally learn more than them because they tend to know more than me on this sort of stuff. I just stick to what I'm good at. I'm good at reading markets and trading. But the technology side of this, you clearly know what you're doing. You know that you, you speak very uh, assertively and and, and you, you you piece things together really really well. I'm going to be looking a hell of a lot more into both uh, the Flex USD, the AMM, uh, and getting my my hands on some CoinFlex as well because you know if this if this is to continue to gain traction and i don't see any reason why it wouldn't aside from you guys cocking up enormously um which is always a risk um but i'm sure you've got that risk parameters down to control as well but you know i think that there is a lot of space here considering your market cap at the moment is it fully diluted yeah so the, there's 100 million total so the fully diluted market cap of flexcoin is uh two, 240 million dollars right so, so un unlike that, a lot anyway. of those yeah, unlike a lot of those projects where most of the market cap is not circulating yet, you've got this kind of risk. Yeah, uh, we don't we don't really have that risk. So, well, mate, look, I'm I'm very interested to learn a lot more myself personally, and I'll probably have a chat to you after this unless you're busy. But um, thank you so much uh, for your time thank today, you. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mark Lamb, who is the CEO. Uh, got a baby face, but I'll tell you what, a big bloody brain. And it's definitely worthwhile going and checking out CoinFlex, the AAM, uh, sorry, AMM project or product and the Flex USD. It's simply coinflex.com, straightforward. Go get involved. And once again, Mark Lamb, thank you so much for your time, mate. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic day. I'll speak to you again very soon. Bye for now.